You know what that sound means. Welcome to the most interesting part of your day. An exciting episode of the Metaphysical Mysteries with your intrepid hosts, Dr. Terry Trubla and Tom Greenhall. Always finding the seekers in this world and reporting it directly to you, the free and the brave. We encourage all of our fans to check out our website at www.themetaphysicalmysteries.com where we have more content and reference items, links to many of our amazing and cutting-edge guests. We are excited to have you with us again. And as you know, this is the must-do podcast for anybody who is anybody in the metaphysical field. We cover everything from ghosts, UFOs, Bigfoot, amazing healing sciences, and leading technologies that are simply the coolest. We'll bring in researchers, doctors, and authors, and give you content that you cannot get anywhere else. Check out our latest merchandise and proudly wear and use the Metaphysical Mysteries clothing and accessories. Now, on with our next episode. Good morning, folks. This is Dr. Terry and Tom here with the Metaphysical Mysteries uh, you know, the most interesting part of your day. And we have with us an amazing guest, Tracy Turner from the great state of Florida, formerly from the great state of California. And Tracy is known as the grandmother of psychics. She's been in this business for 45 years, uh, been gifted as a child. And so she can go back and tell us stories. I'm sure it scares to death and, and make us very happy at the same time. She's a very no-nonsense type of psychic. She's uh, no BS. This is the real deal and uh, doesn't really care for folks that uh, try to be something that they're not. And uh, so with that being said, uh, Tracy, welcome. We love having you here. Thank you so much, gentlemen. Thank you, Terry. Thank you, Tom, for having me. So I guess we should probably start a little bit at the beginning. You know, as a child, this thing came on you, so to speak, or you have got it somehow or recognized it. Was that a scary thing? Was that something natural or how did that happen? Hmm. Well, um, as a child, I used to see ghosts and I used to talk to God. I talked to God from yay high to a grasshopper. And um, I went, I was born Jewish. And um, I, the, I used to go to Sunday school. And when I was little, I remember, I remember in kindergarten, God said to me, you're going to have a child. And that child's going to be named Joshua. That was in kindergarten. I have one son. His name is Joshua. No other children. And I, when I was like in fifth grade, I went to the rabbi and I said, rabbi, I need to talk to you. And you had to make an appointment at Sunday school. And he was a young rabbi. And I said, Rabbi, um, I know who God is. And he goes, well, that's good. We all should. And I said, no, God actually talks to me. And I see things and I hear things and others come from heaven and talk to me. And he said, well, what do you think you should do about that? I think you should pray about that to go away. I said, I'd really like to become a rabbi because then I can spread the word of what God's telling me to a lot of people at the same time. He goes, no, you can't be a rabbi. I said, why? He goes, because you're a woman, you're a girl. And we're not allowed, girls don't stand in front of a congregation. But I know you can sing because I hear you sing. You could be a cantor. And I said, but I don't want to be a cantor. I don't want to sing. I want to be a rabbi. 
I want to help people. I want them to know what's supposed to happen, how to guide them. And he goes, well, maybe when you grow up, you might want to be a nun. I go, but I can't be a nun. I'm not Catholic. <laughs> and I didn't see Jesus. And I think nuns see Jesus. I saw God. And he's like, well, I'm sorry. Go back to class. I can't help you. Wow. And so I went back to class and around that time, my grandfather was very ill in the hospital and I know I was in school and he came to me and said, I'm going to go to heaven. Now you need to take care of your mom. And I said, grandpa's at you. And he's like, yeah, you know, it's me. It's time for me to go to heaven. And when you go home, your mommy's going to be crying and she'll be in her bedroom but tell her it's okay. You've spoken to me. And I got home off the bus. I ran home and I'm yelling for my mom and the door shut upstairs in her bedroom and I'm knocking on her door and I'm like, mom, are you okay? And she said, leave me alone. Grandpa died. And I go, I know he did. He came and said goodbye to me. And so I went to my room and I said, God, and I'd always look at the ceiling and there'd be swirls up at the ceiling, the way they textured them. And I'd say, God, if you're there, move the swirls and the swirls would move. And I said, what am I supposed to do? And he said, give it time. You'll figure it out. So as I got older, I used to hear voices and I used to th see things and I could tell things that were coming in a big way, not in a little way, big, big way. And my parents, I went to them and I said, I hear and I see things and I talk to God. And they say, if you tell anybody, you'll end up in a mental institution. And we'll put you away like we did your cousin. Don't, we don't ever want to hear about it again. So as I grew up, I would go to parks, especially in San Diego. We have a thing called Balboa Park. Yep. And I would go there and I'd sit at the park and I'd talk to God. And I used to sing with a blind man so he could make money to make his rent. And people would come and I could feel and I could hear them. And God would tell me things to tell them. And I'd say to them after I was done singing, if I was on a break, I'm really sorry, but do you mind if I tell you something? I always ask permission. And they would say about what? And I would let them know your grandma's here, your husband's here, your, your child is here. Uh, God is saying that it's okay. You're in this moment, but it will pass through. And this is the area that you need to work on. And this is where you can go with your life. And then I'd go back to singing. When I was 18, I got married to a person I didn't know very well for very long, out of spite for my parents. And he was quite a bit older than me. And I ran to Vegas and I got married. And then lo and behold, three months later, I'm pregnant, which I knew I was. Um, and I divorced him at 19 or 20. And I was living in La Jolla with my baby. And I had no job. I had no idea of what I was going to do. I had just gotten like in and out of college. I was still going to San Diego State. And I looked up and I was really, really sad that day. And it was nighttime. And I was looking out the bedroom window up at the stars. And I said, God, I need guidance. I need to know where to go in my life. Music's my passion. I've already been shut down to be a rabbi. I need to know where do I go? I have a child. I have nobody to help me. What do I do? And the voice said to me, if you contract with me, 
and you say that this is the work that you want to do, I will send them. But I need to hear from your mouth out loud. This is the work that you're going to do for the rest of your life, no matter what. And I will take away from you what doesn't serve you to serve me. Do you take the contract on? And I'm like, okay, I know it's you because your vibration is unlike any other. Do I have to tell you now? And the voice said, yes, you're asking for help and I will deliver, but you need to make a contract. Is this yes for the rest of your life or is this no? And I said, how do they come? He goes, don't worry about that. I go, but I got an unlisted number. He goes, don't worry about that. Do you take on the contract? And I said, I do, I shall. It is said, amen. Those words came out of my mouth. From then on, people knocked at my door. People called an unlisted number. And my son at two would go out and say to them, two or three, my mommy's going to teach you about your angels, but she's with somebody else. So you have to sit and wait. And I've been doing the work ever since. Fantastic. That's, you know, and I thought that those things happened to everybody. Yeah. I mean, a lot of people would be scared of that. Other people would embrace it, but, uh, that's, and that's a long time ago, as you said, I mean, you're talking, you know, back when it wasn't a thing, you know, so it was not a thing. And, you know, a couple of things you pointed out there, the religion getting in the way of what you really wanted to do or thought you would, but maybe the religion got in the way to put you where you are now. You know, when you look back on it, do you think about that? I do. I do. Um, And the funny thing is, uh, Terry, is I do sessions with everybody in any facet of what they believe in. Right. And I've always done that. And people will say, well, what's your religion? I said, well, I was born Jewish, but I am spiritual. My belief is in the God or your higher power. And I call that God. And they go, but when you talk, you talk as though it's my religion when you talk to me, whether they're Buddhist, whether they're Catholic, whether they're Christian, whether they're Protestant, whether they're any. And and I said, because religion is man-made and spirituality is God-given. And so God is going to give me the voice in which you receive how you receive. And I am not here to judge the community in which you learned your spirituality. I'm here to receive and give you the words in which you can understand and receive in what your higher power is saying. Do I have problems with atheists sometimes and agnostics? Yes. But then I said to them, if you believe that chair is something that lifts you and gives you hope and faith. And if that chair is what you believe to be what I call your higher power, then let it be said that it came from that chair. I get it. Yeah, totally. I, I, you know, you are right. Um, Religions are man-made. It's a, it's an, uh, a mechanism for people to attempt to get, I think they're training wheels about, you know, how to act, how to behave on this earth plane and, and maybe get themselves pushed towards spirituality. But um, having worked in the similar circumstances, you know, I could care less where they come from with their belief system, their intent, because when you get on the other side, they don't ask for your Muslim card or, or your uh, Catholic card or, or your Jewish card you're on the other side. It's all love. You know, you, you're embraced because you're just going home. And uh, so people, you know, get a little tied up in their own religion rather than focusing on source. Uh, you know, the creator, if you will, doesn't have a name tag. It just has love. 
And, and we all come from that source. Exactly. Plants, animals, beings, we all come from the source that created, whether you believe scientifically or spiritually, there is a source of where we came from. You know, and another thing, we had a podcast here a while back, and you talked about the lock you up in a men mental institution. We had uh, one of our podcasts called the modern, we called it the modern day witch burning. And we had a gentleman who was actually locked up from notes that he had taken in a diary of metaphysical things that were happening to him. And he just took notes from a observational point of view and his wife weaponized it against him and got him locked up. Went so I'm going to be very honest with you guys. When I was 40, the same thing happened to me. Yeah. And I said to God, let them take anything they want from me. Let them spin this any way they want. Right. Don't ever take the gift that you've given me away. And as I sit here in this padded room, strapped down because they know that I'm hearing voices mm -hmm. and it's not acceptable right now. Right. Allow me to get out of here one day. Let someone free me from where I am at this moment. Let me never forget this exact moment in my life and let me be louder and prouder with the words that you give me. And I said, amen. There you go. But I was, I was there. I was yeah. there in San Diego. Yeah. So you can, you can empathize with that completely. And we always talk about that with young kids, you know, uh, that are coming on at, when do you say something and when do you not say something to keep yourself safe from that kind of intrusion into your life because it, it can actually damage you some people can't tolerate it and it damages them immensely so i don't know if you have thoughts on that but boy that, that's well um what i taught my son was if there's a voice because when he was little i used to put him to bed and there was something that happened once and he was a little boy and I said, and he said to me, and I was tucking him in and he said, it's okay, mommy, God came to me and spoke. And I said, he did, what did he say? He said, everything's going to be okay. And I said, where did you hear him? And he said, right here in my heart. And when your child or your, whoever it is, hears something, we don't always need to say it's mental illness. There is a defined difference between mental illness or lack of wellness and knowing that they hear something for the good of mankind. And it's up to us to either take them. People have brought their children to me. They've brought their teens to me. They brought autistic and, and people with Down syndrome to me. It's up to us even as professionals and not just in mental health to understand that some people are chosen with the word of God that are meant to be passed on from generations to, I mean, it wasn't just the apostles. It's not just ending in the time of Jesus Christ. It keeps moving forward. And we have to understand that. And well, you if you as a parent can't, then bring them somewhere where they can. You're exactly right. And, and, um, speaking to the choir here for the, for the two of us, but you know, one thing that uh, I think it's ions that did the study of genetics for psychics. Absolutely. 
a pilot study and they had started out with thousands and got down to a very small number, but you had to have a minimum of two generations of psychics. You know, you could have three potentially or whatever, whatever's alive. Um, and they did find, I think it was on the seventh chromosome, a protein that they psychics either did or didn't have. And so they actually believed, cause you know how it is. Oh, my grandma did this. I did it. You know, my uncle does it too. And so they think there's some genetic component to that and trying to determine that, which I think is from a scientific point of view would validate what a lot of psychics say, you know, it is passed down generationally oftentimes and through whatever, um, genetic mutation or normal, uh, as it's supposed to be. And of course, how would God um, give you the gift? I mean, just a little touch of the genetic code could give you the gift that other people might not have. So I, I would like to see that um, they're going to go back and do a greater study. It's my understanding because the pilot study was positive that uh, that was the case. Uh, so I think that's going to be fat, fantastic to see that come down because I think science and, and, and mysticism, is, it's coming together. You know, and it used to be far apart, but I think it was even Pope John Paul II said, you know, there's science and religion, they called it, um, they're not opposing forces. They just don't know each other yet. And, and if it didn't come from the hierarchy of that religion in our religion, in, in, the, in the, you know, our side of the earth, then you're not gifted. If right. you're not, you know, but in the Tibetan and in, you know, other, everybody could be gifted. Yes. And they're also, let's be clear, because we know something and it happens, doesn't mean we also are truly open for that lane. God creates everybody with intuition and everybody needs to follow that intuition. But some people take a little bit of what they may have and then declare themselves as all knowing and all seeing and all there. And that's also what makes, and some of them don't even have any of it. And some of them have had it and they've lost it and they cheat and do hot and cold reads on all aspects of being metaphysical. So take the source and know that too. Absolutely. Tommy, do you have something on that? Yeah, actually, I have a couple questions. Tracy, you said, because um, I spent some time working in a locked psych unit. And so, you know, your experience obviously resonates because you hear those types of things in those facilities. You said early on, you heard and saw God. How would you describe that? Because I know we have clinicians that are listening to this um, podcast series as well. So maybe this will help them in the, you know, understanding the difference as well as parents. Great, great question. And this is what I tell everybody that asked that question. When I heard God, we know what our mind sounds like. We know what our voice sounds like. We know that tone, correct? Yep. The, the voice of God, the voice of God is a vibration unlike any other tone I've heard. It's deeper it's wider, it's more almost harmonic, it's behind me, not in front of me or inside me. Okay. It's behind, the voice is behind and higher. When God comes and speaks to me personally, when I'm doing a reading, 
I let people know that if I look to the left, that's where I see God and your angels. I see them. When I look to the right or feel to the right is where everybody that's passed over comes in. They have their placement. Mm -hmm. But when God is speaking to me for me and not in a reading, it's behind me coming into me. And the vibration is a vibration I know true to be one I've never heard or felt or become before. And when I was younger, that vibration would come inside my body and almost elevate or expand my soul. Okay. So I knew, and, and, and that's the earthly way of knowing. When you see God, when I see God, it's a gas of white, bright light with color that exudes from the middle of it, almost like we would call a soul. Okay. But it's it's larger and brighter and intense. So on earth, that's what we would, that's what I assimilate it with. And our soul is also of that same mass and matter, mm -hmm. but in a smaller, less magnificent scale. Does that help? That's awesome. Yeah. I think people can identify with that. That definitely gives them some guidance as to what they're seeing and not seeing. Uh, and know. so when people, when you get the chills and you feel something going through you, because we've all experienced that, right? And we're like, oh, we get the chills. My chills come from top to bottom through my whole body. That's God giving me what I call chills of confirmation. But when someone feels those chills going through them, that's like an energy mass going through you. And you can almost assimilate that as God walking through you. Okay. If you're you on earth, that would be the closest thing that I could say to earth, earth beings to, that you feel. So when have you had that experience of feeling that energy pass through you, not top to bottom, but through you? When have you had that experience? Well, I've died three times. The last time was two years ago. Not only when I died, did that, that mask come into me, but he like brought me up and I elevated over my body. And then we had a discussion and I said, I'm, I'm tired. I'm ready. And I didn't have COVID, but it was during COVID and I was in a coma for 45 days. Wow. And my surgeon got COVID and dropped in surgery while doing the surgery, the first of seven. And God had lifted me up and had me look at myself. And as he's done the last three times, I died when I gave my dad the kidney. I died when I gave birth to my son. And I died two years ago when I had this stomach explosion. He said, I'm not ready for you yet. There's more work for you to do. And I go, I'm tired and I'm ready to come. I can't do this anymore. I can't recover from this. If I recover, I can't do it. And we were elevated over my body. I will tell you exactly who was in the room and what was going on. And my body was open. And I could see the blood and, and I could see packs of like, they packed my stomach. And he said, I'm not, I'm not done. 
you've got to keep doing my work until I call you back home. This is a moment you have work to do and people to touch and I'm not done with you. And I, I felt that and I saw that and all of that was going through me and I kept saying, but I see light behind you and I just wanna go, I'm tired. And he said, no, not yet. Wow. You know, NDEs are, are amazing. Uh, and I think some people who have their awakenings when they get a true awakening, a lot of people think they've been awake, but not, not really. I think NDEs and a true awakening are very similar if you study them. You know, a, a true hardcore awakening that really shakes somebody to the core and an NDE where they've either transitioned onto the other side, you know, had all those conversations and then come back. Very, very similar uh, from, from my experience. And I, I would say that that what you're saying there is, you know, uh, you're saying a lot. And I will say, wow, <laughs> first off, that three times, uh, that makes you the winner, doesn't it? I mean, might as well buy your ticket to Vegas, right? Three times? Holy cow. Um, so what what do you think you learned from those NDEs? I mean, was there anything that really strikes you of something you learned? Yeah. My purpose on earth is to touch souls. My purpose on earth is to get people to find their highest and best good. With whatever session, whatever work I do, because I don't sugarcoat, I'm not butterflies and sunshines, lollipops and rainbows. Right. When you come to see me, it's down and dirty. This is what it is. This is what I see. This is your choice to make a difference in your life. Stop being the victim. This is where you failed in your lessons. This is your purpose. This is what God is telling you. Open your eyes. Make a different choice. Because when you go back to heaven, your lessons, good and bad, your tests will be looked at and your life will be reviewed. I'm letting you know now you're at the corner road of change. Take it. Right. Stop saying my life is so bad and uh, uh, uh. No, it's not. It's in the bad that we see the good. So my job every single day when I lay my head down, I say to God, when I give gratitude for that day, some days, you guys, I can't walk. That's because of the illness that I have. I lay my head down and I say, did I touch somebody today? Did I make a difference? That's what I learned from there to here. And when he tells me, I'm done and I actually ascend to heaven. I want to know that I made somebody's life different, not with my ego, because you've got to put your ego out the door with what I do. It, none of this is about me. It's did someone make a change in their life to better themselves on earth? And that's what I was put here for. Absolutely. Catherine, I have to say one thing that you just mentioned that's really refreshing. Terry and I talked about it this week. So many people that do these readings, it's almost like a one-sided reading, like, oh, everything's going to be great, do this. Instead of saying, you know, you have some issues there you need to address personally, they never tell them that, it seems like, in a lot of these readings. I do. They cry. Tissue is my best friend. Me and Kleenex have stock. Whether I do it on the phone, in, on Zoom, or in person, it's the same reading. God gives me the same information. Uh, and you know what? 
I go right there. And you know, a lot of times as you, Terry and Tom will know, our past lives have a lot of effect on our present. Mm -hmm. And people will say, and they don't talk. I do all the talking. You write questions on that. That's for the end of this discussion. And then you can bring up what you want to bring up, but God's got an agenda or you wouldn't have called me. Let me do all the speaking and then I'll let you chime in at the end. And there's a lot of people that will come in. I say, you've got to fear this, 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 and this. Let's go back. This is from that past life. You haven't let go of this relationship with this person, that person. You keep running back. It's it's a toxic relationship. That's past life. Your karmic relationship is done when you're ready in this lifetime. Right. I don't I don't mess around. Yeah, that's good. Do you, uh, you know, talking about past lives, um, uh, you know, of course, I'm a master hypnotherapist. So, you know, we do regressions and so forth with folks and let them find those things for themselves. But um, for people who do Akashic Record readings, you know, I think people want to come in and they want to be, you know, Charlemagne or Napoleon or, you know, something like that. And that's not necessarily the case, is it? No, honey, you might be coming across in the covered wagon and drowned because you didn't get there. And your husband might have been murdered by an Indian, he's now your child. No, it's not so glamorous. Right. Have you have you had the opportunity to actually stumble across somebody who- I have, but I'm going to be very honest with you, Terry. Yeah. I say a prayer before I start, as I did today. Sure. I say a prayer when I finish. All the crap that I give people is their words. Sure. And a lot of times I don't remember them time I because I want to shut the door and let my life go my life. Right. I know that there have been kings and queens and um, that, you know, in past lives that I've seen, I know that there are been a few people that have walked with Christ and I see it by their feet and, and by the, by their, the way they're walking or what God is showing me. I mean, he's bringing that forward to me so that I can give it to you. Um, but you know, I'm not seeing, um, Elvis Presley. You know what I mean? He's probably catching up with Lisa Marie right now, unfortunately. Right? But I am very, uh, and they'll be like, huh, that does have something to do with my life now or, huh. Yeah. Okay. I got you. I just wondered if, you know, you, there was any of them that you had actually, you know, remembered that, you know, people would go, oh, wow. You know, that person's now, because, you know, when it comes to reincarnation, I, I believe that the only way that you're really going to get a sense of um, higher consciousness is you have to understand reincarnation first. It's kind of like the baseline. If you don't get that, that you're coming back over and over and over as you make your ascension, it, it all doesn't make sense. So a lot of times, you know, even as a minister, I tell people, you know, you can't read the Bible as a flat two dimensional thing. This is, you have to plug in reincarnation, then reread it. And it makes a whole lot more sense, you know, whether you're just doing, you know, the, the old Testament, you know, uh, or doing it all uh, doesn't make any difference in, or any other text for that matter in the Eastern religions, mm -hmm. you have to, and of course, only in America do, does somebody raise an eyebrow uh, when we talk about reincarnation, you know, other parts of the country world, in fact, uh, you know, it's like, duh, we get that. That's just the normal. Well, if we only think that God creates our soul one time, yeah. it's pretty pompous. It is. And, and they call it the Akashic Records. But what I used to call it back in the day is the Book of Reads. That's what I would, 
that's where God took me. And it was this huge room and all of these books were made of reeds and he knew the soul that we had. And what he does is he pulls, like when someone's in front of me, he brings me to the library and he goes, oh, that's their soul. Let me tell you where they're going. Let me tell you where they've been. And it's, it's this reed that he looks at and he knows how many times we're going to be here. Well, how many times we've been here, who our angels are that are going to guide us, what our lessons are, what our tests are. And we, he pulls that book back out when we ascend to heaven and we're at that pond and he reviews our life with us. He pulls that book back out and people go, well, how does he know what that book is? And I say to him, well, let's just give your soul a number, 86925. He knows what book to go to when your soul gets there. And if we think that we only come one time, Nah, mm -mm. he evolves us too much. Do you know what I'm saying? We keep evolving each time we come forward and we go back to heaven until we're done with the whole book. And then we go back to the God source, which is him. Uh, we were talking about past lives. Right. Oh, that's right. And uh, other, you know, things that people, and you went into the library and you were talking about, you know, the reads that you were getting and so forth like that. And, uh, you know, I was just asking about, you know, people that, you know, maybe you'd run across, you know, some significant people that folks might know as notable uh, in that. Kind I, of I'm going to say God just brought forward. One of my clients was Moses. Thank you. Okay. And Thank I did get some apostles. Um, I've had some Kings and Queens. He's saying that I, there was a queen in Spain. Okay, thank you. Oh, when when I acknowledge, sometimes I'll say thank you back to everybody. Well, absolutely. It's a regular conversation, isn't it? It, it? it actually, I am. Yes. And when I'm doing a reading, funny thing is, not only am I seeing things, not only am I hearing things, I'm way ahead of the game, and then my mouth catches up. So I'll thank them as I'm already doing something else. Absolutely. Absolutely. Well, let me ask you this. Um, I'm going to switch gears for a second and say, what about ascended masters? People get a lot of write-up on ascended masters, a lot of different thoughts on that. Has that ever crossed your path or you have a thought on that? I, I, I don't only because... You know, I feel like there's like everybody is a master of something mm -hmm. and everybody ascends to do greater and greater work. And then we come back. Right. And so are we all masters of our creation in different times? I mean, I can tell if someone's an old soul or a new soul that yeah. they've spent more time in heaven than on earth. Okay. And I know that that there are older souls walking. I can see a baby and say, oh, my God, that baby, that child is a master has been here for ever and ever. And, and you're going to have issues with that child because he already knows so much. Mm -hmm. You know, I believe it's the evolution of each soul. And we're here for reasons. And, you know, like my son, I always said he was an old soul and um he thought that was a bad thing, that he wasn't good enough in heaven. And I'm like, at 41, I'm like, no, Josh, that's what this means, that you've been here over and over and you're so wise, you may not come back again. Right. 
And then there's newer souls. And I explained to them, your soul is newer because you've been angelic. You've been in heaven. You have walked the, the path of, of God and angels so much that your soul doesn't know earth as much. Right. So things are newer for you. Yeah. And so that's where I get my clarity. So do you feel like angels are something different than humans or have they ever incarnated in your opinion or so you think? Yes, they, okay. they have okay. incarnated. We have seven angels that are put with us upon birth. Okay. We do not know those people when we are born. So they go, oh, is grandma my, my spirit guide? She could be a guide. Is she my angel? Not if you were, no, she wasn't. She isn't because you were born and grandma was still here. She doesn't go to heaven and then become your angel, but she can guide you through lessons in life. Right. That could be a spirit guide, but an angel, all seven angels are attached to us by God before we ascend into earth. And they each have a specific job. And when we go back to heaven, he also sits before them to see if they've done their job. And he says to them, now I need you to go back as a master or now your work is done as an angel because you've done everything I've asked you to do in your record. You're now coming back to my spirit. Gotcha. And Even babies that are born, they could be an angel and they don't live their life. Their first year of life, if they pass, God just needed them the birthing to finish creation for what he wanted them to do. And then they are now angels in him. Hmm. That makes sense. Absolutely. Yeah. You know, um, cause the, the, uh, abortion question has come mm -hmm. up across my desk a number of times and people ask me about that. I said, you know, here's the thing. You cannot kill the soul. You might terminate the body, but you can't kill the soul. Nope. And, and if you terminate the body, that's your choice. I guess that's what happens. It just, it's happened for eons of time or the body or the soul terminates early, you know, uh, stillbirth and whatnot. Um, Absolutely. And so they'll catch the next train. That's know? right. And I tell them, I tell them, I even have had infertile people with me. Yeah. Uh, they spent millions of dollars on IVF back in the day. And I go, yeah, but I see your daughter. She's in heaven waiting for you to bring her forward. Yeah. Stop the treatment and let her come naturally. Yep. You know, yeah. or they lose a child. Yes, that child's guiding you in heaven and is waiting to come back or they're done. You did your job and job and God took you because you were the bravest soul. And he needed to use your body as the vessel to bring that child back to heaven where he needs him. Right. Same with miscarriage, abortion, infertility. We're the vessel for the spirit. Absolutely. And that spirit could be waiting. You could have a miscarriage. It wasn't the right time for that child to come forward. God's in charge. He knows that spirit. He knows who's supposed to come and go. You know, I've got a question. Um, what makes you um, different than other psychics? I mean, people could get on websites and find psychics everywhere, but you're different. And I guess my question, how would you summarize how you're different than, than other folks? Well, to... Hmm. I don't use modalities. Mm -hmm. I say a prayer before I start a prayer when I finish, which most psychics don't do. Right. I am not only a psychic, a medium, but I'm a medical intuitive. 
when I was younger, I could talk to animals like an animal whisperer. I could do Reiki. And then I decided to have a conversation with God to have him pick my lane for me. There you go. I have studied under no one. I have read no books. Um, I sit in my God source. And if we do, people will find us. And I truly have been told because generations of families come to me. Right. So the words that I give, I'm told are beyond like accuracy. So how am I different? And I don't, I don't do research on people. I, I don't know, I, I guess I'm just so pure to the gift of God that I don't worry about what other people do that do what I do. Right. My worry is be true to your calling. Right. And don't fake the world out. And just because you're famous, don't Google them and, and check them out and have somebody in the audience with a microphone or walking through the audience and getting information so that you can call their name and surprise everybody. Be real. Right. I, I think that's like, what makes me different. Yeah, I feel like you're genuine, you know, 100% genuine. And uh, I feel like I'm talking to a soul sister because uh, the things we've talked about today, you know, I repeat those, I've, I've said those, you know, and we had a conversation before we even started our podcast and uh, we were in sync and it's, it is refreshing to find somebody. It who, is who so is. refreshing. And I tell people, don't come to me if you want butterflies and, and champagne kisses. Right. You want to know what's real. I'm going to swear. I'm going to shoot from the hip. I'm going to tell you like it is sister or brother. Yeah. And I cannot lie. Because right. it sits on my soul when I ascend. Every person I meet with, God's got that scoreboard. And if I don't say it right, I got to say to you, I take it back. Let me rephrase it. That's not what he intended for the words to come out. Wait, let me search for the word. It could be baseball. And if I don't say the word bat and ball together, then I got to take that back. It sits on my karma, on my, on my soul. I got gotcha. you. What do you... What do you think about uh, demons? What's your what's your take on demons? Okay, so there's two things that I heard from God. There are souls that walk in that they haven't gone to heaven. They they ended their contract before their contract, and those souls, kind of like ghosts, can go through a portal or they can jump into your soul. But the word demon to me is man-made and it's to put us in check through religious order that there's good and there's bad and there's nothing in between. And if you don't walk in the path of being scared into goodness, then there's a demon. I don't believe in hell. I've never seen hell. I know that there is a place called the ethereal plane between heaven and earth and those that have done or taken their life before their time, their contract, they get stuck there. Yeah. But there's no such thing as hell. Mm -hmm. There's no such thing as the devil. And I'm, I'm sorry, people that believe in that. I don't see anything called demonic. Right. 
I believe that that is a word and words that we've used to control the behavior of good and bad. Right. That's my, that's what I see from heaven. Yeah. We, we did a podcast on hell. Uh, and uh, it was really good. It was a man who'd done, uh, the reverend who'd done a tremendous study on what hell was and wasn't. And it, it, it's all man-made, you know. Uh, it's it, There's a place you can go to be um, cleansed, if you will, because but it's of your own making and until you feel like you're ready to make an ascent to your final destination. So, but as far as hell in the common sense, that was all dictated by Dante's Inferno. You know, that kind of writing in the Middle Ages, and we've adopted that as how, how it is. So people are well, really scared. Also, this is also what I'm being told, Terry, <laughs> is that back in the day when someone did something wrong, mm-hmm. they were buried, a hole was dug, and they were buried on the very far, far, way, 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 way away, uh-huh. further away than the Jews, right? Yeah. And a dog or the scavengers would come and it wasn't a proper burial and they would drag them and they would become their food source. So that's where we got the, the thought, thank you, that you were dragged by the devil was in you. You, were, you weren't, so that's again, a written man that we've recreated over and over and over again. I got you, yeah. Tommy, you had something? Um, given all this and you touched on it earlier, What's your take then on mental illness? You know, what is that from? Hmm. So let's really in mental illness. And actually, I do a lot of mental illness work and I work with therapists because they come to see me when they're done with their clients. So mental illness, let's be real. It's DNA predisposed. To the degree of mental illness that we carry when it's in our genetics, just like being psychic, is predisposed. We can choose to, and and people may be up in arms with me over this, but, you know, I've suffered from depression and anxiety and other things. We make a conscious decision of choice. Mm -hmm. And knowing that what we hear or what we see, we make a conscious decision. Is that real? Is that fantasy? Does it serve a purpose? Do I need to sit in that now? And if you truly are gifted and it's not the mental illness coming through, then God will present it at the time and place that it needs to be there. And when the mental illness comes in, you say, I don't own this today. I'm choosing to rewire my mind that mental illness is not a part of my being now. Mm -hmm. My choice of mind over body is where I'm going at this moment. It's not real. It's in my mind. This anxiety or what I'm hearing is not real because I know the vibration. And therefore, I choose not to own it. And now I ask it to walk away, to let it go away, because this is my body, this is my mind, this is my choice. Mm-hmm. When the mental illness comes in, you can say, I am not the body, I am the mind. I am not the mind, I am the body. I am not the mind, I am the body. I choose for this to go away. There's nothing in my soul that's owning this right now. Please, God, give me the clarity to know the right choice. 
And that's what I really believe with mental illness, we can choose to take. If you were given uh, an opportunity to, to address every psychologist as they were going through school, you know, the higher levels of school, uh, and psychiatrists, psychologists, both of them, are you any counselors? Or, and to give them a little snippet of, let's say, what we're talking about, the difference between mental illness and, and you know, psychic behavior, because they really don't get that in school. They're just simply taught in a box. And if, if it's not in that box, they'll try to make it go in that box. And uh, eventually they come to the point, if they've done it long enough, this is outside my box. And then they come to you and me and Tommy and say, what the hell is this? So if you were teaching and then maybe they plugged in your tape uh, to all the psychology universities and stuff uh, throughout the United States, they had a little blip to say to them, what would you, what would you tell them if you were trying to educate them? I would say to them, the mental mind is almost as much evolving today in the way we look at it as we look at grief and trauma. And everything goes together into the soul and not everything fits the box. And if you don't have an answer, don't spit it out to a client that it doesn't resonate with. You're okay to say to that client, I don't have an answer for you right now, let me get back to you. It's not always how I'm feeling. What does that bring to mind to you? Maybe it is generational. Maybe it is past life. Maybe I don't know the answer. Maybe together we could find someone that can guide you in a spiritual realm as well as the mental health realm. Exactly. Maybe it's not as easy as what I learned in school as a mental health person. We don't have all the answers. So sometimes we work together simultaneously because the bottom line is if it's a psychic or medium, it's all about mental well-being if they're truly true to their craft. And so I believe that in the realm of being certified as a well-being expert, you should take some spiritual classes to, and not religious classes, but spiritual classes to see what is the soul about, not just the body, not just the mind. We're all connected. Absolutely. Well, Maybe we'll there's get... soulful issues that need to be addressed. 100%. Yes, I agree. Well, we're getting towards the end of our time together. Um, do you want to do, do you want to use uh, Tommy and I's little training dummies and give people a little demo about what you do? Yeah, we sure. Can, we can do the dummy thing really well. <laughs> We're experts good, at that. Good, good. So, Tom, your grandfather was coming through the whole time. My mother's side or my father's side? I never met my father's side. It was actually your father's side because okay. I get him to be taller. Okay. And your mother's side, he's shorter. Correct. And he's taller and leaner. He says to me, hold on, he wants to talk right now. You didn't take the path of least resistance in your life. You took the path head on. Mm -hmm. You've hit a lot of walls through your journey. But where you are now is exactly where God wants you to be. There's more for you 
your your head your head feels like sometimes it explodes like you you understand what he's saying I get an explosion in my head and it's like can I put any more knowledge in and I got to get some of this out and sometimes you're like oh I need to put my body and my mind together I feel like something's going away you get what he's saying he's like hold on we've grounded you so we and he's showing me they wrap a golden cord around your your waist and they stick it in the ground so that you stay grounded because a lot of times you get knowledge and you don't know where it comes from or why and you don't know how to decipher it or where to go with it but they're keeping you grounded to what you know okay I'm also being told by somebody else, take that trip that you've been waiting to take. You've been putting a trip. They're saying there's a trip off. There's a trip to go somewhere. Hmm. Is that for you, Terry, or is that Tom? But I'm getting someone, there's a trip. And it's, it's not, it's not, it may not even be in the United States. It's somewhere. And it keeps being pushed, pushed, away and then we revisit it and we keep pushing it back and it's a really an important trip Hmm. but now wait terry you're sitting in front of me tom i gotta wait terry i gotta say i know there's past life with you in ireland and scotland but i'm gonna say your biggest past life is greece Hmm. and you were there as the waters came and I see you drowning and I see you holding on to some kind of statue and you're now underwater holding that statue. And I feel the burn in your lungs and you then ascending, but you, and I see what you're wearing and you're in, you're in a big, like you're rose up, like not a palace, but there's steps, there's steps, and you're going to the higher ground before this water comes and you're up to the higher ground and you have something to do with God, but you believed it was an idol or something more mystical and you're holding on to that as the steps in the water rising and then it breaks while you're holding it. But you definitely in that time frame. And I also see a lot of war before this water comes around you, but you're some of a godly figure or a, not godly, but they didn't believe in God then in a kind of religious figure is what I got to say. And there was a lot of being upset prior to this water rising about like war and something. But I, I get your, I get the burn in my, right here in my lungs for that last breath of you. Um, you also have in past life, a warrior, the word warrior, army, military, again for you, but not boots on the ground. You were calling the order. And when you believe in something, you believe in it, even if death has to come, you believe 
that what you're doing is correct. So like in war, we have the mission and we have to protect and you believe in that wholeheartedly, even if it means death of the opponent. Um, and you will go to heaven and come back as a warrior. That, that's, that's where you are. Oh, now I gotta go back, Tom. One of your past lives, you were a surgeon in the military. I feel it was military related and where I'm going, cause I'm searching, I'm searching. And it's not, they didn't call you a surgeon back then. Well, you've been with surgery more than once but I'm gonna go back further. Um, I get Indians, indigenous around you and I get slaves and I get fighting and I get pieces of body being blown off and I see you putting pressure. So you were doing medical in that lifetime without any practice. Mm -hmm. But then, and I get you got shot helping people. And then I see you coming back because I see a white coat on you. And that was during the, the French German war. And I get you in a mission or a monastery and I see that you're using needle and thread after your person is open and you're pulling out shrapnel. And, and I get, what I get about you, Tom, is you can go a long time without sleep. Yep. And sleep may be an issue for you, getting a restful night because you were always in that lifetime, always on alert. Mm -hmm. And so REM sleep is not your favorite word. It's something you'd like to get. Right. Um, I wouldn't be surprised. Were you ever thinking about going into medical when you were younger? Uh, I've been a paramedic EMT down about 34 years. Okay. Like um, so you kind of get where mm -hmm. I go with that. Um, and I know this is weird, but they're showing me, oh, he doesn't want to do the eyes. He doesn't like eye things. I don't know why, but I want to cover my eyes. Nope, he'd never be a, an optometrist. Nothing about the eyes. No, thank you. Eyes are not his friend. Um, and I'm also going to say that I get hearing issues with you. Um, and I hear blasts in the background. And I, my ears... And I wear hearing aids now. I've been almost deaf my whole life. But I, my ears hurt in, in deep inside for you. There may be hearing issues in your life. Uh, yeah, I want to go like this. But you just keep sewing and opening. And there's not enough blood around. And, and you're trying to figure out where you can get blood to save these people because they're all bleeding out. So you may be a blood donor in this lifetime. It might be something important to you. Is that physical blood or emotional blood? Both, both. But I see physical blood, but I also see you wanting to heal people on an emotional level now versus a physical level. 
because you understand when I open you up, your soul's not going to leave. It's still there, but why is it still there? We need to heal the soul. If you decided to go into ministry older in life, whatever that would be, I have to use the word ministry. You're a healer. You're a healer now of the energy of the soul. And you see the energy that comes in and out of people and you feel it through the heart and you want it all to be of one, not darkness. Mm -hmm. And you can feel the darkness, the gray that I see. You feel it and you see it too, but you don't talk about it. So you also can read auras. And we know that the energy of people change all the time. You know, you get your picture of an aura of someone, it doesn't stay with you. And when people meet you or me, they go, oh, what's my aura like? Do I have a good aura? You're like, oh, geez, do they only know? But you really understand the flow of energy. And when you're in the presence of someone Tom, you can see it change. You can see it. You make a difference. And give yourself some spiritual credit. You down yourself a lot about your impact in the world and on people. Terry, not so much, because he's all full forward in his energy. And you're more reserved. But... Believe me when I tell you, thank you, that he is working through you and your evolution in the world of spirit change and even a new generation is going to be amazing if you just allow yourself to sit in it. Okay. You're a game changer. You're not a, you're a game changer and a healer. That's a lot of responsibility. Mm-hmm. You know? Yeah. Um, but allow him just to keep working through you. And don't question the why. Mm-hmm. Find the gratitude that he chose you. Yeah. Well, I gave up on the why a long time ago. <laughs> you have to. You just, you just have to. But you're the more... My eye wants to go, do I believe? I want, I want more proof of what God is saying to me. And God is like, look, bud, I'm just using you, the, the, the vessel. Just sit back and take the ride sometimes. Mm-hmm. I understand that. There's something big coming collectively to both of you. There should be a book that you should be working on collectively. And... It's going back to more basic, but it's also, I get the word mind-blowing for those to go, ah, I get it. Mm -hmm. And it's it's coming in the future. It might be either come out in two, two is the number, two years, two months, two years, you'll start working on it in two, two. Two is the number around it. Or it will come out in a February, but it's like, so if you're not working on it now, you need to be working on it, but it's something that's collective or it could be a movie. It's some, or a documentary it's, and it's two, but it's, it's not just informational. It's connecting dots. 
that are missing right now. And you're going to be like, it's right in front of us. Oh my God. They just don't know. Um, someone's grandma's coming through. Hold on. I don't know who it is, but I'm going to tell her, tell you what she looks like. She has sil uh, no, gold square glass, gold glasses. She's very petite, like in her four, seven, four, under five feet. Uh, her hair is uh, not curly, but wavy, thick, white to about here. Uh, did one of you guys have a tire swing off of a tree? At somebody's yard, uh, there was a tree with a tire swing. That wouldn't be me. I, I, yeah, we had one. It was turned inside out. It was a tractor tire. Got it. And did the grandma come and visit or was the at grandma's house? Grandma's house. Because everybody used to take turns wanting to get in that swing. Right. And someone pushed too hard and fell. And then they weren't allowed to be on the swing for a while. Sounds like my cousins and I. Yeah. <laughs> um. Also, they would open the window or something out the door and yell, come and get to eat. Did she make pies? Did she bake? Because yep. I see a pie in the in the window cooling. Yep. Yep. Absolutely. Uh, also, did you have a little dog, a white dog growing up or did she? Hmm. Little dog, like might have been a mutt with white, wasn't. white and tan. Wasn't me, no, so. Got it, um, but that dog is with her and she just wants me to tell you, I love you, she misses you. She's so proud of you that you, your, she says service to people and you followed the dream and the passion that she always knew that you had. And you were the sensitive one in the family. And she connected with you on that level. Yeah. And she says, tell the world, don't make sense. Don't make, don't, um, don't make, I can't, I can't get the word. Don't make the sensitive feel not worthy. Don't, I can't get the word. Don't make fun of the sensitive. And people made fun of you because you were sensitive. Sure. And she said, and, and look what you did with that. Yeah. You yeah. turned the frown around, she said. I had a very interesting childhood because I have two mothers and four grandmothers because um, I was adopted as an infant. So. But you weren't. No, I was Can supposed I to be where I'm at. I mean, thank I totally you very get, much. I totally she says, but I, but I do know my bio parents as well as my uh, real parents at home. And uh, you know, but the grandmothers that I grew up with, I do know, and uh, they died. One of them in 103, and the other one was like 97. And so, but the uh, the bio side has that I never knew uh, came has come through before and uh, uh typically my daughter who's passed uh, comes through uh when we when we connect and uh, so that's it's it's kind of fascinating so there's things i don't know about if it would be a bio grandparent that i 
would not even know. So I could check with family to see uh, whether or not she actually had a little white dog or not. So, mm-hmm. you know, that kind There's, of It's about like a kind of like a terrier size and okay. it's just running everywhere. Um, your daughter is here and not because you said it, because it's all female for you. Uh, yeah. um, but she said now is not, not the time to come through. Right. She, totally. she says she's very respectful of her father figure. And if she came through, uh, she said it would make you upset. And it, this is not the platform for her to come through for you. Sure, sure. She has a, a great deal of respect for you. Vice versa. And you chat all the time, she says, anyways. True. Very comfortable. You have fights, even. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, it's, uh, it's, it's, it's interesting, you know, when you get into this. And I think, uh, you know, for folks that, you know, need readings to help heal, I think these things are extremely important to do. And, um, you know, I do a lot of teaching in this field. And uh, I feel like those are things that, uh, if, if nothing else, the people who are gifted, such as yourself, uh, truly can serve as healers in that respect to give them a sense of peace that everything is okay. On the other mm-hmm. side, you're all going to be together. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, there's the, you're, you're going to get the little chain, the little necklace on the other side going, good job. You know, there's no <laughs> question in my mind. I've already seen it. So, um, that that's, that's wonderful. I, I have immensely enjoyed talking with you, Tracy, and uh, I'm sure Tom has too. Uh, but uh, Tom, you have some closing remarks? Yeah, I just want to say thank you for coming and being so um, you can to and just laying it out there because it's really refreshing instead of, you know, we have people that um, I think sometimes maybe slant the conversation instead of just keeping it real, to put it simply. And I think it's good to bring balance and show people that we can do this from a balanced perspective and not just a woo-woo world. That's so true, you guys. You know, the world as we see it is shifting and changing. And it's time that we embrace and shift and change and take accountability and responsibility for everything we can change and pass forward what we know to help others change. Well, Tracy, if people want to get a hold of you, what's the best way you would prefer uh, people, you know, reaching out? Well, um, they can always email me at um, my 858medium at gmail, um, which is on my website. My website is tracy-turner.com. And if they want to book an appointment, they can go on there. I do in-person in Florida. I do uh, Zoom and I do phone readings and they can just book right there. Um, And there's my information on the website. Also, um, I do live I do an hour live that I give back to community for free every Monday night, God willing, um, on Instagram. And my handle is Tracy Turner Psychic Medium. And I do a live from 7 to 8 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, where I allow people to either go live with me or even type a question, which is really hard. Um, And I answer them and they're allowed one question. Sometimes I don't go on because I may have a client or something but I try and stick pretty true to that. And that's what I give out to community for free. Fantastic. Well, we will get that up on our website. So people can go to the metaphysicalmysteries.com. They can link into all of your stuff. And if there's anything else that you want to put on there, we can certainly get that done. And uh, on behalf of Tom and I, I really want to thank you. And for all the listeners, 
hey, this lady is real. So if you need a reading, you need to get your life straightened up here. This is the way to go. So uh, Tracy, we appreciate it. And for all the listeners, hey, thanks for being with us today. And we will talk to you soon. God bless you guys. Thank you and have a great day. Thank you.